0: I'm glad to have you here. So if you ever get stressed or anxious and you are a parent to a neurodivergent child, teen, or young adult, or you mentor neurodivergent young people, this episode is for you. And I'm going to help you maybe have a little less of a stress response. So there are a lot of stressors in parenting a neurodivergent young person okay i see a lot of parents that are stressed out and anxious and if we take a look at it parenting a child a teen or young adult who is neurodivergent who doesn't fit into the typical developmental path trying to survive and make it in a world that's set up for neurotypical people by neurotypical people it can feel really demanding. Okay, these young people that are neurodivergent often need extra supports. They don't do well in the same settings that other neurotypical kids do well in. Um, They don't do well with the expectations and demands that are placed on our kids because their brains don't maybe have the same executive functioning or organizational or emotional development capacity as their neurotypical peers. and. When our kids, teens, or young adults aren't meeting, aren't meeting the societal expectations that are being placed on them, or placed on us as parents, right? Um, it's real easy to, to get worried about that and feel really stressed. And if you've been looking for behavioral compliance, which is often how success is measured in society, someone that's compliant in their behavior that that follows the rules, that does things the way that it's been set out to be done, that sits in their seat and they're quiet and they don't talk to their neighbor and they do all their homework and they turn it in on time and they get, you know, perfect grades on it. And um, they always behave appropriately on on the playground and they hit all of the developmental milestones right on time or or exceed them, right? You know, if they're not fitting that, if we're focused on those on behavioral compliance, instead of actually just supporting development for each child, teen or young adult, where they're at developmentally, it's easy to get really stressed out about that and be really anxious and think something has gone wrong here. And there is a lot of bad advice, unhelpful support, misinformed people that work with neurodivergent populations. They actually don't understand development. They don't understand the brain. They see and interpret certain behaviors as bad behaviors instead of signs that a child is stressed or is not capable of what they're being expected to do, that they haven't developed to the point to be able to do that like their peers. I mean, there's, there's some junk out there and there's people meaning well, but just really don't understand what's going on and they they maybe have the wrong lens that they're viewing a child, that may be you. Maybe you're looking at your your kiddo and thinking they shouldn't be behaving that way, when if they have a neurodivergent brain, they are behaving exactly how they should be behaving. Or maybe you've got a child, teen or young adult, that's neurodivergent, that has been able to, to mask and sort of fake their way through and look like they're being behaviorally compliant, look like They're a little bit typical and then things get harder and harder and they can't keep that mask on. They can't keep up the game and they have a meltdown or they break down. They get super overwhelmed. They start to have serious mental health issues, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, major OCD, like some of these mental health things come out. We see it at our school Techie for Life where we work and mentor neurodivergent young adults in their next steps of their adulting process. A lot of them come with some pretty severe mental health issues as a result of being a neurodivergent in, an, in a neurotypical world and how they get treated and then what they make that mean about themselves and the shame and the hurts and the sort of comparisons and feeling like a failure. And we have to do a lot of work to, to move through that and then support them. So maybe you're in that space where you've got a kiddo that's crashed. Like that, things have unraveled and you realize they really weren't as capable or um, developed as you thought they were or in the way that you thought they had. And so from those kinds of events and, and the kinds of things that we're dealing with as parents and professionals, there's a lot of stressors there, right? We can get really stressed and anxious. And when you've had a crash, maybe you've had a kid that's had um, a total breakdown, had to go to the hospital and get you know go to a psych ward or maybe they've had to go get treatment or you know they've, they've completely shut down have school refusal and, and now you're like what do we do when we have those kinds of events it can kind of really change us almost create like a ptsd response we're waiting for the next crash or the next emergency the next crises and so we get into this space of like being just constantly stressed constantly anxious as parents and it's not a fun place. It's not a fun way to be, right? It's not a, it's not our our most effective parenting does not happen when we're stressed and anxious. And so I want to talk about that today because you do not have to continue being stressed and anxious and parenting from a stressed and anxious state of mind. So one of the things that I want to point out, if you can identify with this, Is when we have a lot of stressors or we have a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents, if we have a lot of frustration with the process of raising our neurodivergent young person, because there is a lot, it's hard to get good support, it's hard to understand. You feel all alone, people judge, right? All that stuff going on. It's really easy to get used to being stressed, okay? And to the point of getting actually comfortable. Like we're so used to being stressed that we're just, that's what we know. And that's kind of the comfortable, well-worn path that we are on. We're just stressed and that's what we know. That's what we do. We're totally miserable in it, but it's very, very familiar. And we start to develop beliefs that we have a whole lot of evidence for. It's hard. I just want my kid to be happy. My kid is struggling and shouldn't be, and that's bad nobody understands. I have to do everything. Another one I hear, nothing works, nothing helps. Nobody helps. People don't understand. Or my kid is hard. Or I just need to be more consistent with punishments and rewards. And maybe if I do it better and harder, then my kid will learn. That's, that would be from a behavioral compliance model. Or maybe you believe that your kid isn't okay that everything's going wrong. And then the brain just kind of, it's like this, some version of like, everything's going wrong and we're all gonna die. And we're just always in the stress state of like, oh no, when's the next shoe gonna drop? Like when, what's the next thing? And we're just in this stress state. And there's lots and lots of, of other thoughts that that I haven't mentioned, right? That That seem really true, but they don't serve us or help us parent better. Thoughts that generate a lot of stress for us have a showing up in a way as a parent that doesn't serve us. I mean, think about how you parent when you feel stressed. For some of you, it's you get very um, uptight and dictatorial, very authoritative, uh, maybe yelling, controlling, um, constantly on your kids, constantly on the, the people that support them, teachers or therapists or whoever, like constantly hypervigilant maybe in that kind of a way, right? Or maybe you go the other other side of the pendulum and when you're stressed, you get avoidant, you shut down, you avoid, you get very permissive, um, you aren't in charge, you let your kid run the show, give them whatever they want, like kind of that extreme, right? When we're stressed and anxious, we are not showing up as the parent that we want to be and know that we could be. And so I want to explain something that happens because it's, it's the subconscious kind of thing that goes on and a lot of us don't realize it. And once I understood this, it was, it was a game changer for me. So when we're in a stress state, whether it's just the whole time we've been raising this kiddo, we're stressed because of all the demands and challenges with it, or if it's because it's just really gotten to be a crisis place. And then from then on, we kind of go into this stress state either way. When we've experienced a lot of stress and we're kind of in that, our bodies, our minds, we kind of get stuck in it. So I want to use the analogy of autopilot. So I have, right now I drive a Honda Pilot, a 2021 Honda Pilot. I love it. It's this, it's a smaller SUV, but still roomy in all three benches, like the front seats, the middle, and then the back seats. So it's all pretty roomy and it's just been a great vehicle. And it has cruise control and very easy to just push that button, set cruise control, and you go, right? And then it's got like sensors that if someone's in front of me, it'll slow me down automatically so that I don't get too close to the car in front of me. And then if I that car moves, it'll like speed me right back up so that I get to that Cruise control set point, and that's where it wants to be, right? So it might adjust faster or slower based on, you know, different factors, outside factors. But it like gets me into that that set point that I set it on. And we've got a freeway by our house. Like we, I take the freeway into town, and we can go eighty miles an hour on that freeway. That's the the speed limit. So I actually probably go a little above that. But it's a it's a cruising speed and it gets me where i want to go. It's very effective. I love that i can just jump on the freeway and be into town quickly and go on with things, right? So what happens is is that we all kind of have an emotional cruise control in our brains, in our bodies, and we kind of get used to like if there's an emotion you've been experiencing a lot of, your body sort of your brain, your body you start to you sort of get set to that point. So if stress is where you're set, your body just kind of sits on that stress. Like we do life at a stress speed. Okay. And it doesn't matter. Like we think it's because our kid is hard or life is hard or the world is hard. But what's really happened is that we get stuck on that stress setting and we just get used to that setting. And you know, we may experience periods of maybe less external stressors on us and we won't feel as stressed, but then we're so used to being stressed that we will do things and create an environment where we are back to what our normal stress level is. It's this crazy thing that we do. And sometimes we'll get more stressed than normal. And and that feels wrong. So then it, we will work really hard to get things back to the normal level of stress that we're used to. And we have this like set point. And because that's what we're familiar with, right? That's what we're kind of set on, right? So, because that's what we know how to do, that's where we're at, and, and just what's so f- familiar and comfortable. Even though we might be absolutely miserable in that stress set point. That is what feels comfortable. That's what we do. There's like neural pathways, and thoughts, and it, you know that just are geared towards that setting. And so we, our body, our mind, we will like adjust life to to stay at a certain level of like stress or anxiety or or you know exchange whatever emotion it is for you, that we will keep ourselves there. If you don't like the emotion that your internal cruise control is set at, and you don't like how you parent from that set point, there is a way to reset your internal emotional cruise control to emotions that serve you better. But here's the thing. It requires you to not be comfortable. It requires you to feel uncomfortable and even off, like a little bit off kilter. It requires a willingness to loosen your grip on old patterns, beliefs, and familiar emotions. Okay, your familiar emotional speed (laughs) that you're set at. And it requires you to actually try on new beliefs, new patterns, and more helpful emotional set points. So I want you to consider what if it were possible to have the same neurodivergent child, teen, or young adult with all the same struggles and challenges and disabilities and lack of supports or support, high support needs, etc., and not feel stressed and anxious all the time. To actually feel maybe peace or love or confidence or even joy. Same life that you have right now, but to actually feel confidence in your life instead of stress and anxiety as you do life. Imagine how you would show up as a parent and mentor differently if your emotional cruise control were set to confidence instead of stress. Same kid, same problems, cruising at a confidence set point. I promise you that this is available to you. It doesn't mean that you won't drop into stress and anxiety, sometimes, but it will feel so uncomfortable that your internal cruise control settings will correct and bump you back into confidence where you, where your, your new comfort spot is, okay? But doing the work to adjust your emotional cruise control settings is super uncomfortable, okay? But it's so worth it. It's what I coach our TFL students on many of whom who they get comfortably stuck in a stressed overwhelmed state and they cannot take steps to move forward they can't take those next steps that they want to take in their adulting process because they're so just stressed and uncomfortable and that's all they know and they're comfortable there even though they're completely miserable okay and it's what I coach parents on you get stuck in that stressed anxious parenting state and you don't know how to get out of it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. It is work. But it's so much more work not to do it. I know because I've lived it myself. I've been that constantly stressed and anxious mom. And I will dip into that. I will cruise into that state sometimes. And it but it feels so uncomfortable to me that I quickly take action and get myself out of that. I don't like to 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 do life in that state. It just feels wrong to me now. Parenting from love and joy, confidence, curiosity, compassion, amusement, that feels so good and comfortable to me. That is is where I feel right. And that is available to you too. And it starts with noticing where your emotional cruise control is set at, and then considering where you'd like it to be set at, and then be willing to be really uncomfortable to get there uncomfortable until it's not uncomfortable anymore i hope this is helpful i'm going to leave you with that and i hope you have an amazing week take care thanks for joining us on this episode of autism and neurodiversity with jason and debbie if you want to learn more about our work Come visit us at jasondebbie.com. That's J A S O N D E B B I E.com.